Should you take that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm Allie Grant. And I'm just you. Welcome to Follow Me, your resource for all things influencer. Brought to you by The Social Group. Now, let's see who we're following this week. I think that people put too many like hurdles when they're starting something. They need the perfect graphics package and like they need the best podcast mic and they need like all this shit. It's like, no, just start with one episode or piece at a time and then you build and you see what you need. Welcome back to Follow Me, your exclusive look inside the multi-billion dollar business of influencer marketing. Hi, I'm Allie. I started a company called Be Social at 24, uh, to be young. For reference, I'm now in my 30s. I'm not going to tell you how old in my 30s. (laughs) Thanks, Jess. Be Social was one of the first firms to harness the power of social influence before it was really a thing. I remember having to convince people influencers made impact for brands. They were like, what? Who? All they cared about was like press, getting in vogue, things like that. Now look at us. Today, our firm is based in Los Angeles. We represent some of the top creators in the lifestyle space. And this year, we're making an even bigger impact across the industry by building our team, our roster, and creating even more partnerships. Okay, I'm bored of me. Jess? Hi, guys. I am so, so excited to be co-hosting Follow Me with Allison over here. I'm Jess, a talent director here at Be Social. A little bit about me and my background. I am a first-gen Korean-American. Shout out to all the first-gen people listening to us. I want you guys in the comments and five-star reviews, please. Back to me. I've worked across PR, marketing, and entertainment for agencies, as well as in-house for luxury brands. My role here at Be Social is working with talent to strategically monetize their platforms. What does that mean? So it can look everything from brand partnerships to experiential gigs, product lines, all of the above. I connect those dots for our talent. And essentially, I'm just chronically online, just constantly scrolling. Wait, I saw you added that to your Instagram bio and I was like actually like really jealous because it's so cute. Isn't it good? Chronically online. Did you see what I added? I wrote influencing influencers and creating creators. Oh, that's good. I really love that. Okay, we're going to start every episode the same. We are going to ask each other who or what we're following this week on the internet. So Jess, what are you following this week? I am actually following Katie Welch at Katie Welch on TikTok. She is Rare Beauty's CMO, and I think she's so interesting because she kind of peels back the layers of Rare Beauty, obviously Selena Gomez's amazing beauty company, and... Mm -hmm. I feel like obviously with celeb brands, it's kind of, you know, you kind of have that star power, but are the products really good? And do people actually like it as a consumer? And I think Katie Welch kind of talks us through um, their marketing strategies, their initiatives, and really kind of makes it more personal. And, you know, it makes me want to buy more rare beauty products. And I actually have quite a few things from their lines. So I'm a fan. I love her channel. I feel like it's the season of the people behind the scenes. I feel like this happened for the beauty industry a couple of years ago when you saw makeup artists, hairstylists becoming like influencers in their own right. And I feel like it's happening now in our industry, the marketing, advertising, people who work at brands. And I love it. It is like so interesting to be able to hear directly from those people and what they do day to day. So 
she's definitely a good follow and I really want to have her on the podcast because that would be really interesting to hear her fingers crossed I love her yeah okay well our first guest is so exciting for our relaunch let's introduce her Yes, Serena Kerrigan joins us today. She's also known as SFK, Serena fucking Kerrigan. Um, And her name is very reminiscent of her brand. She's a creator, most prominently on TikTok and Instagram, who first got noticed online during the pandemic when she launched a live dating show on social. She is the queen of confidence and she's coined the term. And she's actually one of the first creators to take part in NBC Universal's Creator Accelerator Program. She's super passionate about filmmaking and storytelling, which is how she created her card game, Let's Fucking Date. It's available on her website at serenakerrigan.com or on Revolve. Um, you'll hear in the episode, Ali and I playing a little bit with Serena. Very interesting, saucy questions. So uh, we literally had to cut the whole entire thing because it's X-rated and that's not this podcast, but you get like one question and it does get a little saucy. So it's fun to play with your friends and who you're dating. I imagine. Yeah. Maybe not like in a work setting with like, <laughs> not with corporate girls. around us, um, <laughs> But anyways, in this episode, she talks about how she got her start as an influencer, um, how to get past feeling embarrassed on social media, which is such a good one. I feel like I feel so cringe every time I post to Instagram or TikTok, but I do anyways. Um, Her best and worst brand partnerships, how to grow on TikTok, um, getting off platform as a creator and building your own brand. Um, But really, I think we hone in on navigating rejection and finding confidence online, which we could all use. Jess and I left this conversation feeling confident and cringe-free. Cringe-free, baby. Yeah, totally. You can connect with Serena on all platforms at Serena Kerrigan. Um, And of course, follow us at Allie Grant and at Jess U. Wood. Now let's welcome Serena to the show. (laughs) Do we know how to play? You just pick it? We just picked the cards, four bases. First base, second base, third base, home f-ing run, and you shuffled them up, I see, right? Did you? A little bit. Perfect. We love that. So yeah, just pick a question. Some of them are relationship focused, so we can tailor it to the three of us, or we can just like f- each other. Depends Ooh, on what let's do that. It, the okay. game is called Let's Fucking Fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so this is the like, the, the sexy card. version. Yeah, but they all kind of are sexy, honestly. Okay, okay so, let's go. If you could f- a cartoon character, who would it be? Oh my god. Like Johnny Bravo or like Nemo or like SpongeBob or like I'm just asking. Let's unpack that. Nemo? I did not I'm Squidward. Just you Nemo options. is like ten. <laughs> I'm just giving you <laughs> so Sorry, I'm just giving you options. I, this is what I've heard before. Um, you know what? I'm gonna do a hot Squidward. You know like the the really like Botoxed up no. sexy Squidward? Yeah. Wow. He's like buff. Am no. I the only one yeah, that knows yeah, this yeah. reference? I, don't I feel know if like, like he's squid. usually gross and saggy, so I'm confused, but I've never seen that. It's like his cousin or brother. I'm into older people, too, so. Same. Yeah, let's do Squidward. Okay. I guess Nemo's dad. Does he have a dad? Nemo's dad. Nemo does have a dad. He doesn't have a mom. <laughs> Isn't the whole story about his dad finding Nemo? No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm too old for this. Um, cartoons. Johnny Bravo. Like, you, the first one. He's so like, hot. I was so mm. into him when I was little. I, like, yeah. had a real crush on him. Yeah. I'm not into blonde men. Right. Oh. Fair. Okay. I love a dark skin, dark hair. Wow, this is great. Thank you. You're welcome. And that this was is really for fun. sale where? Oh, on your web. Date.com. And Revolve, right? Yeah. yeah. Revolve. Okay. I mean, you've done a million dollars on these games. Yeah, I have. That is. Three games. Is that direct to consumer, the mm-hmm. million? Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god. And did you like produce this yourself, create like or do yeah. you have a partner in it or No, this is fully myself. During the pandemic I had a dating show on Instagram Live called Let's Fucking Date. Yeah. And I dated fifty men. Um, over the course of a year on Instagram, uh, live in front of a live audience, and it was really, like, it was classic, like, lockdown pandemic vibes. Mm -hmm. And I was actually able to, like, sell the show to sponsors. I did three seasons of the show. I'm still single, but it was a huge success. But the biggest success was the fact that, like, because it was not just me dating guys, it was also, like, people were watching. I felt like I really needed to, like, just bring really juicy, fun questions that would kind Mm -hmm. of break the ice. And I started writing them down. And then people were asking me for the questions mm. that I asked. And I was like, what if there's a way for, like, you know, women especially, but people in general, to have a game where that would make them feel more confident on a date? Yeah. You know? And I, I think I also tailored it so that we, you could play with a group of friends. It's not just... Right. I just... We just happen to pull, like, the sexiest card game. Yeah. For other ones. <laughs> but I'm that, into like, it. It's like an icebreaker. Yeah. It's a great icebreaker. It's so fun for bachelorette parties. Right. Or, or when you're getting to know someone intimately and like yeah. you want to talk about these things but don't really know how. Yeah. No, and I feel so much more comfortable yeah. with you as well, I mean, Ali, oh and I've known you for six <laughs> plus years. Don't repeat that to the rest of the office. Oh my God. Um, okay, well, we start every episode the same. Um, we ask you what your first Instagram post was ever. I think it was a photo of me smoking a joint that was like in the shape of a cross. Let's unpack that. So when I was in high school, my friend group was called the J-Sisters because we loved rolling joints. I went to school in New York City to Fieldston, um, and I think I had a lot of anxiety as a teenager. All of us did, and I think that we self-medicated. Totally, 100%. Right. Um, And it was just like I didn't like drinking at the time, so I just liked smoking. You were early on in the weed and CBD situation. I mean, I'm a New York City bitch. Like, we're yeah. usually early to everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I did get it out of my system. I don't really smoke pot anymore. But I think, like, I liked the brand of being, like, the stoner girl. Okay, interesting. That was not your first post. <laughs> your first post was you. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. We set you up for a yes. trap. That was so um, good, guys. This is your first post. <laughs> literally the opposite You're photo. such a, like, little kid. <laughs> so you graduating high school. <laughs> oh, that's high school? 20... 20- 12. Oh, 2012. For some reason, I thought it was 2015. Okay. High the school. most wholesome photo of you. Yeah. Literally, so, like, was there not the... Okay. Which one is you? Oh, the, with the long hair. Yeah. Okay. So, at this point, you're what? Like, 18 years old? Okay. And then... She yeah. has a joint in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so, literally. Like, literally. And then you're off to... You went to... Duke. Duke. Wow. Why did I just answer for you? No, I love that. Because you've been stalking. She did her research. Yeah. I'm a Virgo. I can't believe you guys totally caught me. I guess maybe it was the the second photo I ever Instagram. Yeah. Maybe Most people don't know. Like, I archived all of mine. I archived a lot. But, I mean, that one's cute. So you went to Duke. What did you study? And then, like, from there, did you have internships that kind of got you into the space? Yeah. So I uh, studied visual media studies in English. I was a double major. I knew from the get-go that I wanted to make films like that was what I did I made my first film when I was 15 it was about a guy who broke my heart and it ended Mm. up winning best film at the like my high school's film festival which was like I never won anything I still have never really won anything in my life like very few things you've won a lot I mean I won dollar revenue (laughs) like I mean like prizes you've won money I like I haven't won like a lot of prizes yeah 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 so like it was one of those things that I like was like whoa like this is so cool that I could turn an experience that was so heartbreaking and I turned it into art and Mm -hmm it was recognized and it was like something that was really truly all mine. I mean, I wrote, yeah. edited, directed all of it. So I felt like that was kind of my like 
moment and I knew that I really wanted to pursue that I thought about going to film school but I really wanted out like a just kind of I wanted to study a lot of different things mm-hmm. um and then the internships I worked at the Weinstein company yeah. oh yeah cool. okay great that was really <laughs> fun. fun are you okay uh, I am okay, okay. You know, they like literally shoved us into a corner I remember like all the interns like they didn't speak to us like it was very right. much a like just this is for your resume like we're right. gonna give you a script to read that we already passed on but, got like, it it was good it. I mean I learned how yeah. to write script coverage I had that name on my resume for a, a short bit of time yeah um and then I also remember I was interning at MTV oh, cool. Studios and doing more of a production side so I was on development production I thought I wanted to go to an agency move to LA yeah uh but I really loved getting my hands dirty and I think it was a pre-TikTok time it was like people were obviously doing YouTube and stuff but um my foot in the door was really to work at a media company, I thought. So I applied to be an intern at Refinery29 when I graduated. I'm like, this is coming from Duke where, like, all my best friends, like, were going to med school yep. or, like, working in yep. finance, consulting. Like, I was always, like, the one who, like... You were the hired. creative. I was a creative, but, like, I was okay with forging my own path, but it was, like, a little... It, it was obviously, like, oh, God, like, I'm mm-hmm. literally making $10 an hour, like, and living at home. Was that literally what they paid you? Yeah. And like, were you like a production coordinator or something? Your coordinator. First? Oh, I was intern. An intern. Intern for oh, like a it. year. Okay. Um, and you know, I I worked my way up. I knew that. I mean, that's not an affordable wage to live in New York. No, at the time, right, yeah. absolutely. At the time, the minimum wage, wage was that low. I think it's old. I think it's fifteen or twenty now. Yeah. But like, that's not enough money. I think that they knew I was living at home. Right. They knew that like my parents could help, which is so fucked up in its right. own right. But I knew that it was a great way for me to get on camera and mm-hmm. to create. And I that yeah. was to me the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So I really just like did the fucking work and I worked myself up way up the company. Were you comparing yourself with your other friends that were at different levels, salary wages and things like that? How did you kind of navigate that kind of like imposter syndrome? Yeah. I didn't really compare myself to my friends because they were miserable. And I always knew that like my parents like, you know, chose their respective fields because they wanted to pursue their passion. My mom Mm -hmm. was a doctor. She left to go to film school. So like it was very much in the family. Like I never thought, I think that if my parents maybe were both doctors and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? That would have been a different case. But I always knew that like, if you commit to what you love and you become really good at it, the best at it, the money will come. Yeah. Like I just knew it was guaranteed. I think that the comparison happened more with the girls in the office. I remember feeling like with colleagues. I remember like I was on this um pop culture show, you know, it like it was like a live pop culture show mm-hmm. and I helped develop it and I was in it and I was one of three of the hosts on the show. And whenever there was like an award show, like the Emmys or the what else? The SAG Awards or the mm-hmm. VMAs. Like, they would pick two of the girls of the three to go to the actual award show, and the other girl would be back at the studio. Yeah. And I was always the studio girl. And, I mean, you hmm. can imagine, like, it sucked. Like, I was right. like, no totally. AC. By the way, like, I remember we'd come on a Saturday, no AC. I'm building the set. I'm, you know, I'm all glammed up, but I'm, like, on, like, some couch. Like, and I remember feeling so... Like, I couldn't understand, like, why I was never chosen. And one day my mom said to me, she was like, but do you want to be the woman that's interviewing or do you want to be the woman that's interviewed? Because I always thought that you wanted to be the one that's being interviewed. Wow. And this that was a really great click. And I yeah. think it's like, and it was really the start of, and then I'll shut up because I feel like I've been talking for a, a little bit. No, we love this. This is this. why we're yeah. having you okay. on. Yeah. But I think that that piece of advice or that kind of that perspective shift really has, like, trained me 
that among other things which we can go into of like these moments of rejection are really pushing you towards something mm-hmm. else for a reason it opens other doors like always like she was right like I never wanted to be a host one of the women that like were, was always she now literally is the head host of iHeart she's brilliant at an interview she's an amazing journalist like that was her gig the other one went to GMA so it's like it's like that was their destiny so that's why they should have gotten that opportunity for me like I that wasn't my destiny and now I ended up doing something completely different so I think it's like really about training you mm-hmm. and I literally sometimes say out loud like I'm gonna let this go yeah it's a new day yeah and I'm gonna trust it. I'm gonna figure it find out why and I always find out the why. It's literally happening to me right now. Like I was on a reality show once. <laughs> lol. But I was on a reality <laughs> show for a minute during the pandemic. It's called Siesta Key. And I remember. I, wait, wait, you were no. on Siesta Key? Yeah. Yeah. As a guest. Because I'm friends with Juliet. And okay. So I flew down to Florida. I was going to just like guest star on it. Yeah. And like someone got COVID like the day after I did all the quarantine, right? And like I remember I had a really hectic schedule. So it was like kind of my one opportunity to film. Yeah. And like someone got COVID, like production shut yeah. down. And I was so upset because I was like, this would have been major for me. Like yeah. I was so excited. And I remember just being like, there's a reason, there's a reason, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know what it is. And then yeah. a week later, they're like, we're actually going to film on an island for a month. Would you come to that instead? Like, because this didn't work out. And I was like, that was the reason. Because yeah. I knew, I'd heard about the island and I heard about the filming. But I was like, well, I'm already going to Florida, so I don't need to go to the island. But it ended up being amazing during a pandemic to, like, be isolated and filming and making friends and seeing how reality television is made, um, which right. I would never want to go yeah. again. No, never say Would never. you never? I see you totally being on a reality show. Not like a, I don't think I'll do, like, a docu-series until, like, I do the housewives when I'm like 50 or 60. What would be your tagline? I need to know. What would be my tagline? Your That's real a really tagline. good one. I feel like I used to have that. Maybe it's like, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Or like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I'm the queen of confidence and I saved a th- seat for you. I might. You already got this. Oh, guys, come on. That's a man house. But yeah, we can, we can workshop. We have some time. Yeah, totally. we have some time. But I think that that's a really important piece of advice. And there's things even now, which we can all probably, like that we didn't get something or we got rejected or something. And it's just like trying to really trust the universe. No, it like always works out. Yeah, I and I like. also love that you are saying, look, be miserable for 24 hours. Soak it in. Feel yeah. all the emotions. Because I think it's really important to feel the yeah. things, not yeah. ignore it. And then we're moving on. No, yeah. like you literally only 24. Yeah. Like I would say only 12 because when you sleep, like you wake up, you're done. But you can get 24 and that's it. That's done. Like okay, you have yeah. to focus on what the solution is if it didn't work. Like, okay, like the you didn't get, you know, making on some list. Like, okay, like who can you call next time or who? what connection can you make? Or is that list even important? You know what I mean? Forbes Are we talking Forbes? Yeah. <laughs> Let's address the elephant in the room. Are we yeah. talking Forbes You'll be 30 under 30? What, are you 20? I'm 28. Okay, you have like three years because you yeah. basically can still apply when you're 30. I think so boom 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 let's go yeah this is the thing I really would love to be on that list Mm -hmm. but at the same time if I'm not on that list we're gonna find out why maybe not next year maybe not when I'm 31 but like there'll be a reason for why and like I think and even if it's like okay not true like that's how I choose to look at my life because I want to live positively Mm -hmm. and I want to like just accept things for how they are with this like underlying hope or belief that it's for the best yeah. whether or not we know it's for the best or not sometimes right. things happen and we can't really explain why no that's the mindset do you see Forbes 30 under 30 being like validation or why do you feel you want to be on there you know it's interesting it's like it's just something that was kind of like it's a tough thing because as much as I want to be like it's a silly little list it when it, the list comes out like you really it's a big deal it's a big you deal, really yeah. want 
to be on the list. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I as much as like we all like to be like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, well, everyone who gets it is like really hype when they get it, and everyone <laughs> yeah. who doesn't get it is really upset. So yeah. As much as we were saying it doesn't matter, and it does. Yes, in the grand scheme of career, like I'm not hiring someone or paying attention to someone because they got on it. Mm-hmm. It's that one day of like you know getting that glory yeah. or feeling like shit. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, it's like getting chosen for like sports teams when you're in PE. Right. Yeah. Which I yeah. never did. Same. So like you think by now I'm you'll like, be on it like. But it's okay. And if I'm not, it just wasn't meant to be. You yeah. Know? And that's yeah. kind of like it They have their like creator list now too, which is like another option as well. So yeah. tons of options. You can Solutions. Your, your publicist is great. She's got you. <laughs> okay. So Refinery29, what was like the role you were in right when you quit? And what were you doing? I was a, um, I think I was only an associate producer okay. at the time, even though I was literally like producing for a lot of different verticals. Yeah. You know, the problem with it was that when these media companies like Vox, BuzzFeed, yeah. uh, Refinery, like they were amazing. Um, they got so much money from investors. And then the problem was it was there's no way to sustain it. Because the only way that you were making money from these platforms was through the branded content. Right. And then when the influencer boom happened, forget it. Because why would I go through Refinery then just start my own YouTube, yeah, Instagram, totally. TikTok, right? Yeah. So it was an amazing place to work. I think it like literally media trained me. Hello. Yeah. Um, it like <laughs> I, you know, it media trained me also with a media company that was like doing things that were, it was this new wave of feminism and yep. like, mm-hmm. you know, impa- celebrating women's bodies of all diverse types of bodies. Like it really was like a thing of its time. And yeah, it, was it was a new so, age media. So yeah. essential for me. Like I worked with tons of women of color. Like I, I, I felt like I, I really like a lot of us say like my creative director right now, it was my boss at Refinery. Oh, um, cool. Okay. My company. So full like, circle. Full circle, right? Yeah. We love that. I like to remind them every once in a while. I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, I would put that on the calendar <laughs> no, every meeting, no, no, no. every uh, touch base. But it's but but a lot of the people I worked with is from there. And I, we like to think that we called it like grad school, I think for creatives. Like yeah. a lot of people I have worked with or will hire, like we all are from this like refinery mm-hmm. kind of grad class. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think like, you know, when everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid and the people in charge know that everyone is drinking the Kool-Aid, it, it felt like we were very replaceable. Hmm. Like we don't have to pay you that much because like everyone wants to work here. It, yeah. it, was, a, it was giving like Vogue Del Wars Prada energy. Yeah. Which is common in corporate America, quite frankly. Right. Yeah. So I think that like, you know, I, I just got to a point where I was like, I have so much ambition and I can see my future. Mm. And as I felt like at times I was like screaming at the bottom of a pool and no one could hear me. Like I was like, I don't want to just be the star and show up to set. Like I will literally build the set, write everything, Uber, carry equipment, like, which I did for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And they would just like, the budget that we would have to make content was like nothing. And it was no one's fault really. It was just like, it was, it it just was what it was. But I remember the biggest takeaway I took from that company was if you start your own company of content, you have to have a product that is going to make you money, not dependent on a, a consu- like on a, on a branded, you know, yeah, partnership. integration. Yeah, yeah. It's so important. And yeah. I remember thinking Refinery is such an amazing brand. Like, why didn't they start a makeup line? Right. Like, homeware. Like, yeah. Like, I just couldn't understand. A car game. Like, I just, like, couldn't believe that they had... Starting a brand is the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the brand, but they never were and the able reach, to... And the reach. And the reach and everything. Yeah. And they have the clout. They just, they couldn't. And so you can't sustain a business like that. Yeah. Because you're so dependent on other brands to support you. Mm-hmm. You need to find a way, and this is what I tell creators too, 
Same. You need to find a way to get off platform. Yeah. Right. You don't own it. Because if Instagram is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. When Instagram was down, like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And like, I've had friends, creator friends that are like, my TikTok got deleted. Like, that's the only way I can make money. What do I do? And I'm like, this is a really good wake up call that you need to get outside of the platform. You know, other obviously another option would be like a subscription model, but like they didn't have that. So all the content that we were producing was free. I mean, like it just doesn't like what right. do you do? So. Right. So, so all that, of their revenue was branded integration, essentially. Yeah, all of it. Wow. And they, they used to provide tons of influencer campaigns for agencies like ours. Like I would get deals left and right from them. So it would be like basically a partnership with Refinery29 and an influencer and a brand. And uh-huh. so the influencer would post, refinery would post, and like all three. Yeah, would come that'd together. be like the ad value. Where that the was brand, probably like 2018. Yeah, I, was I was getting there. that like crazy, crazy. And then like it dried up and stopped. And I'm wondering, did those brands go influencer direct? Yeah. yeah. Essentially? Okay. Also, the influencers that worked at the company, and this happened a lot, like left because refinery would not want, would take a cut right. or mm. wouldn't want them to do their own brand deals or would give them like really like small. Yeah. So it's like, why would I go through yeah. this? Well, I feel like that's where the mass exodus happens of like the Vogue, the Refiner 29s of editors and writers who eventually became freelance and then became influencers in their yeah. own right. Because editors back in the day obviously were influencers. A hundred percent. The first influencer. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, it was great. It was a great launching off pad and it was terrifying to quit. Yeah. Like, wait. So like, t- like, I think that's something like everyone deals with is like the first time you quit. Like, mm-hmm. I convinced my publicist to to start our own company. It wasn't just me, but like, <laughs> but I do that I now. Yeah. Now I like yeah. I have at least I think six women that I've convinced to start their own companies, and they're all they've never looked back. Yeah, yeah. Female led companies. I mean, like I am a CEO, founder of a company that I've built in the space that was like pioneering of the time. It's been around for ten years. We were like one of the first two rep creators, and I've had people work for me and go and do their own thing. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's just part of the game. It's and it's like, it's such a cycle. Yeah. And the thing for me is like trying to maintain that edge and that competition. So people still retain and work with yeah. Be Social. Um, but also it's like in your shoes at that time, going off on your own, like look at the su- like the yeah. success you've created. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But think- talk us through like the quitting process yeah. and like your first day also like, cause I did it too. I was at an agency before I started to be social. Like I remember my first day after quitting, I was like, did, did, wait, now what? what do I do? <laughs> no, no, I, I like, had the oh worst day God. ever. I, like, wrote, I, what was your first day? <laughs> I remember, well, I quit. I'll walk you through the quitting. I basically was like going back and forth for a while and then I just like spoke to, and I like really suggest doing this, like if you're ever like not really sure what you want to do career wise, like, and or, you know, whether it's like quit or like go to a new company or start a new field, like you have to talk to people. So I just talked to people that had quit refinery to do their own thing. Yeah. And they were like, you can do it. And I was like, no way I can't. They're like, yes, you can. I promise you. And I really like re- leaned on the women that had quit before me and like, they were like, we'll help you give you an accountant. We're going to show you how to do this. Like, yeah. da, da, da. Like, they were so fucking helpful. And, like, that's literally, like, why I did it. And, like, my dad was pissed. <laughs> and he was like, how are you going to make money? And I'm like, you're literally a freelancer, so don't even. <laughs> and dad, please. But I just, like, was like – but I, I get it. It's, like, a scary thing when you're, like, telling your parents, like, fuck you. I'm, like, yeah. I'm doing my own. It's like I have a, very, a plan, but I don't know what the plan exactly right, is. Right, but yeah. it's, like, yeah. when you start your own thing, there's just, like, it's – motivate like people are always like how do you say motivate I'm like because there isn't there's no option to fail yeah, right like, there's just like there isn't like right. you, yeah you also live breathe your business like you're so yeah. excited so it's really just like the most I knew that 
I knew I was going to succeed. Like, mm-hmm. I just had no doubt in my mind. It mm-hmm. was just, like, the, like, ah, like, right before you jump, like, if you're, like, you right, know, right. skydiving. Yeah. Scary. And then once you're skydiving, you're, like, oh, I got this. That's totally. That's really how I feel. And was day one, like... I just remember it was, like, shitty and, like... Yeah. I think the pandemic really helped me because, like... Wait, did you quit before the like pandemic? Like, two weeks before. The oh, pandemic. my Stop. God. <laughs> yeah, like, on accident. You have great timing. Normally, that it was, would, like, work against you, but I feel like that worked best for timing you. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, like, yeah. it... Because it gave you so much time, I'm sure. It locked me in. It made everyone was on their phone. Yeah. I wanted to be a creator. Yeah. And like it really like all the FOMO and all the fluff and all the bullshit events and stuff, it was gone. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, you quit your job? Cool. Now like go build it. Build yeah. something. Yeah. And it wasn't like easy peasy, but it was like, are you going to like you're in a situation where like people are literally paying attention to you on your phone. Like yeah. I remember I would send like clips from refinery videos and stuff. And like people were like, oh, watch it after work. It's like, no, no, no. Like th- people are watching something as soon as you post it. Like. This is a really, like, important time where you can en- entertain people, make them feel happy, less alone. I was single. That's why I started the dating show. I felt like right. it would be entertaining and kind of killed two birds in one stone. But I think, like, what I did and what I suggest you do if you want to, like, start being a content creator or, like, want to build a brand, it's, like, I just started with what I like to do. And when I was at Refinery, I literally was, like, the head of the live team, like, mm. Facebook live team okay. for over a year. And then I, you know, I hosted, I produced it. Like, I loved live as a format. So I was just like, I'm just going to go live every day. That's it. Like, I didn't say I'm going to build a show or, like, a company or a product. I just said, I'm just going to do one thing every day that I like to do that is a somewhat of a content creation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you like doing something, people are likely to respond to it because they see that you like it and you're probably good at it. Yeah. Or you will get good at it because right. you like it. So It's easier for you to do. That's like as the first yeah, step. Yeah, I just, yeah. I didn't say, I didn't, I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, now I'm going to be a YouTuber because I right. was like, I don't typically really like to like film something, set up the camera all, all alone too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like edit it down. I'm like, I want to come up with the idea, shoot it and be done with it. And yeah, I love brilliant. that. Yeah. Like interacting with the audience. I love that shit. So mm-hmm. I was just like, just do what you like mm-hmm. and then it's every step. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's authentic to you then. Totally. Yeah. And it's good just, like, timing I think that people too. T- put too many like hurdles when they're starting something. They need yeah. the perfect graphics right. package yeah. and like, they need the best podcast mic and yeah. they need like all this shit. It's like, no, just start with one episode mm-hmm. or piece at a time mm-hmm. and then you build and you see what and you And then need. you figure it out. And then you hire someone. Like when people are like, I have a company, it's like, that seemed really daunting to me. I'm like, well, how do you have a company? But it's like you hire one person and mm-hmm. then you grow. You hire one with someone else and mm-hmm. they leave. And then like you, you're constantly evolving, which I'm sure you know. Yeah. Well. And I feel like I have the standpoint of the fact that like literally anyone can be an influencer. And I strongly believe that. Not everyone is an influencer. You just have to start and post. And I think I heard you say this on another podcast about like, how do you get over like the embarrassment of posting like an influencer? Like, you know, doing your LTKs or posing a certain what did way. I, say? I know what I know. What I don't remember is. now, but are like they paying your bills? Yeah. Like, are they bill- are they Boom. are they feeding yeah. you? Are yeah. they in your apartment? Right. Like, the joke's on them because also, yeah. you're the one at the end of the day growing Making the money. But also also, no one gives a fuck about you. I'm sorry. Like, That's I what you were even, saying. I no one gives a fuck about you. It's so enough. Like, yeah. I want you guys to regurgitate and tell me right now every single Instagram story you swipe through today. Like, you can't. You don't even remember. I barely, I didn't even remember what my first Instagram post was. So, like, why do you think I'm going to fucking remember a single thing that you're, I'm not thinking about you. Everyone's yeah. thinking about themselves. And if they are talking shit about you, it's because they wish. They're they jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're miserable. Yeah. Regardless, it's yeah. not about you. It's about their feelings about themselves and they're projecting it on you. So I just don't, I just ignore. It's just like literally like what's embarrassing. With, I mean, I literally post like embarrassing shit. Like, and it's like, <laughs> who cares? 
Like it's what? funny. <laughs> I don't think you're embarrassing. There's some things, but I don't care because it's like yeah. a plot point. It's funny. Like it being embarrassed is a choice. So just Ooh. don't be embarrassed. It's a choice. Yeah. You can either see something as fun, funny, a lesson, or like a moment, like a teachable yeah. moment, but like embarrassed. Like that's you. Why? Yeah. So like I have this thing I do sometimes like when I'm about to post and I'm like, oh, I don't want to post this because it's like cringy or people are going to think I'm trying to be but an no one's influencer. Like, no one cares about you. I know. And also like, <laughs> and the people that care about you are, like you said, Supporting miserable. you and supporting yeah, your business. Yeah. You. Yeah. And they want that for you. Yeah. But like, yeah. they don't care. They're not thinking yeah. about you. And yeah. also you should want to be an influencer. The money is insane. Like go off. Get your back. Trust me. I see all the money coming through so, the doors. So I'm like, like, why not? The amount of money in influencer marketing, just start now. Yeah. Truly. And there's so much, like, anyone can do it. There's a million brands that will pay you if you do it right and you're dedicated to it. Yeah, I also think that, sorry. I also think that it is the first female-dominated industry. So it's no surprise that, of course, it's cringy and every influencer in every film is depicted so horribly and it's, like, so vapid and, you know, it's, like, Ultimately, like, my platform exists because I want to empower women like yourself to do whatever the fuck they want to do and not care and be unapologetically you because it's your one life that you're ever going to live. So, like, again, being embarrassed, it's a choice. Like, you could be, like, embarrassed or you could be, like, I'm proud of myself that I put myself out there and I'm now going to get paid X amount. Totally. And I hate that the stigma of influencer is, quote, unquote, cringy or bad Mm -hmm. or whatever. Because it's a female-dominated industry. It's, like, it's when you think of an influencer, you think of a female. It's the first time. Yeah. Right? I think finance bros are cringy. So, (laughs) let's run it back, baby. And they're Patagonia vests? I can't. Let's run it back. That's so good. Um, Well... Speaking of money, like, do you have a manager, agent? What was, like, the first point when you realized, oh, my God, I can monetize this? I had a manager. I met my manager when I was 22. She brought in her client for from to Refinery for one of my shows. I had a show mm-hmm. called Celebrando Serena, which was, uh-huh. I'm, like, Ooh. Latina. I'm bilingual. It was a show to celebrate, yeah. like, Latinx heritage. She brought in one of her clients. I just really hit it off with her. I stayed yeah. in touch with her as a friend. Um, and then I said, I said, like, I have... I've always really seen, like, my persona online as, like, being, like, I want to be, like, the Oprah of confidence. Like, I really want to, like, monetize. I always knew I really wanted to, like, create products that would make people feel confident. Like, I just was, like, this is, I can see the vision and, like, I would like your help. And, you know, eventually, like, I convinced her to sign me. I don't think I made money for the first year of us working together. Is she with a management company or was she She started her own. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, um... I also signed with UTA about a year ago. Okay. So, yeah. As your agent. Yes. Okay. Um, awesome. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like... What's your advice for creators of, like, do I need a manager yeah. to monetize or do I not? Something that I really took for granted and now I don't because I see stories and I hear... It's, like, the way that, like, you have to trust this person Yeah. is, like, it's oh, a my gosh. Like, I feel really scared for, like... And I see it that these, like... Because, like, obviously influencers are only getting younger. Ugh, and, know. like, there yeah. is just, like, a trap. Like, I feel like I you know, was, had a relationship with this woman for over a year. I knew her other clients, like, she was Latina, that was really important to me. She had, actually, her fiancé, like, worked with my mom once, so there was, like, a really nice, like, there was a lot of trust. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think about how she's literally answering emails on my behalf, she's yep. negotiating deals on my behalf, she is... She's an extension of you. An extension of me. Oh, my God, like, you have to have, and they're also money, like, they could be stealing from you, so you have to be so diligent I think like it's interesting to me when people are like oh like but I don't want to give like a percentage of what I'm making because honestly like I I I want to create through and through and anytime I'm not creating what am I doing so that's when you know you have to grow is when you 
it's getting in the way of what you really want to do. And right. like negotiating a deal is always going to get in the way of yeah. you know, like getting on camera. So but I always say it's like you're giving a piece of the pie, but the pie keeps getting, getting bigger, bigger when analogy. you have like a good team behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first brand deal? Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't know. Um, Hinge was it? Bumble? No, that was during no. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I I started doing brand deals at the refinery, but like it was like. I'd say my first one alone, alone, was for something called Rice Right. Rice Right. <laughs> oh, wait, oh my gosh, so good. The it's rice made out of like yeah, out no, of vegetables. Yeah, it's made out of vegetables. It's fucking amazing. Wait, you guys, I still eat that. No, so I've do never, I. Never. Okay, no, I love it. <laughs> so you would love it. Hmm. It's really good. It's like fake rice, but it's okay. so yum and like filled with nutrients and stuff. And I remember, yeah, that was my first one. And then yes, I worked with Bumble. They bought a whole a month of my show of the episodes of my show. And that was like a six figure deal, right? I like I sold the second season of my Instagram live debating show to like uh, four or five brands, and I, it was a six figure compilation because I just knew that like after the first season of my show, like I. It was in my living room. Like, I didn't think it was going to pop off. It went yeah. viral. It was amazing. And everyone was like, you should sell it. You should sell it. And, like, thank God I listened to my gut. Because when selling a show takes literally years if, yeah. I, if you get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to give up creative control. I knew that we were still in a pandemic during the summer. I felt like, you know, or the fall. Like, we were still kind of not locked down. But, right. like, we were, like, staying mm-hmm. indoors. So I was like, okay, why do people think that, like, a real television show can't be on Instagram? Like, that really was something that I was very curious about. I'm like, well, what is the, what does it mean to have a TV show, a reality TV show? Like, what does that really mean? So I was like, okay, really amazing graphics, a theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we already have, like, the page for Let's Fucking Date, but, like, more content. Like, really, like, lifted, amazing marketing. Um, and so I realized, I was like, okay, and a team. And yeah. so I was like, in order to do that, I need money. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we pitched it, and, and we got a six-figure deal for that for that season. That's wild. Yeah. And, and you have a team now, right? How big is your team? I have about five people at my company. That you employ? Employees? I have one full-time employee, and then the rest are, like, freelance, permalance. Yeah. And how is, like, managing staff, and do you like that part of the business? No. It's the, why would I ever, like, no. You I mean, like, they're creatives through and through. You no, yeah, no. And by the way, like, it's... Managing people is really hard, and yeah. it's something I, like, it's not that I don't like it. It's just, like, it's not, you know. It's hard. Well, it gets in the way of what you want to do, It's right? not the best use of my time. Although I do love my team, and um, I really do love working with freelancers mm-hmm. because I feel like they, I like working with people who are also working with other people because mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting, or, like, companies or, you know, other, like, because they bring, like, a really fresh take yeah. Yeah. to the company. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy that. That's not something. So, you know, I, and also it's just a great way to like use people for their actual skill set versus like these catch all positions. Right. Which I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Like hiring someone to do X, Y, Z, one, two, three is like, no, it's yeah. better to have them really skilled person do one thing. Yeah. The way you wouldn't ask your hairstylist to do your nails. Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's a really good analogy. And your full-time employee, what, what do they do? So he's my creative director. Okay. He's my boss at Refinery. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Let's yeah. chat through that. How did that go? <laughs> yeah. Did he reach out to you to like get hired? No, or? it wasn't that. Like we, I wanted to leave Refinery, and I reached out to him because like he had left prior to me leaving, and he's just brilliant. Yeah. His name's Michael, and he um, just like we talked about doing content together because I really wanted to start making content outside of for Refinery Twenty Nine, mm-hmm. and then literally like the first idea we had like it was lockdown. Yeah. So we made a video called Let's Fucking Quarantine, and I literally like shot in my apartment. I sent him the footage. I wanted to drop off the footage like. An envelope because it was legit lockdown. He was like t- 
like terrified to touch the omelets. Sanitize no, the omelets. No, no, no. Literally, so, like, like, he's like, no, we're doing a wee transfer. And I was like, okay, like, chill. But, like, he was right. But, yeah. like, whoa. Like, I remember. It was, like, that crazy. I hate it that Also, time. in an envelope? Like, that's very, like. No, whatever. Listen, I'm not. It was a fucking global pandemic. Like, we're not going to shame anyone for their, like, specific, you know. No, not shaming. But, like, but, Love like, envelopes. But, like, literally, I was just like, okay. Um, I was way more relaxed. Probably why I got COVID three times, honestly. You got maybe, it three I should times. Have, maybe I should have. Like, I've never had it. Knock on wood. My God. It's fine. You'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. We're fine. We're fine. Everyone be vaccinated. Um, get your booster. But anyway he just we just started working together but he also had another job so he kind of like did it as a side hustle and just like you know we just like formed and then he was at Netflix and there was all these layoffs and he was like I think I'm gonna get another job and I was like why don't you work for me full time like we just like have so much synergy we work together on everything and it was like the best investment I made you know it's so scary though and and a lot of pressure on me always to feel like I'm like supporting someone for real the right employee like I cannot like it is so valuable like they will help drive this business and be such a big part of it so I I honestly like I wish I was someone who could do it all by themselves like I see I don't think actually anyone can do it all by themselves but I've seen people like be way more like I don't know like they just are way more independent I've always been like a collaborator through and through like I love making films because I loved having sets and crew like yeah that's just the nature of who I am so like working with a team is a joy like it's the favorite part of my job Mm -hmm. it's not me sitting alone in my room making a video I like like people to come over and we make it together yeah Yeah. you know and it sounds like your team you have synergy like you said with them and you're able to trust them which I think is so important like you trust their vision and you can be that's your creative director you run with it let's go oh my god yeah I delegate really really well I don't like because at the end of the day like I'm not saving lives here like we're not making any (laughs) exactly we say PR not the ER so it's just like yeah so it's just like like oh my god like we fucked up that caption like okay like just edit it like nothing is that deep unless like you know and I I mean I obviously hire people that are extremely intelligent Mm -hmm. and like have great strategy and I think that because Michael and I came from refinery, we're so media trained. Like we, yeah. I always, cause I, I literally was like a live talk show host with major guests. Like we, you know, interviewed Megan Markle at like pre-Harry and like <laughs> Kelly Rowland, like, yeah. like cute, like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, like I was right. like fucking interviewing like m- massive people yeah. live. So the way that if, whenever I said something, I did within 3.3 seconds think, how could this per- be perceived by literally anyone, any type of, around the world yeah so I was really like that so I think like and so is Michael and I think you know when you see content creators now like it's just like sometimes I feel like they're like like you have to realize that like not just your inner circle of people are listening to this mm-hmm. and you have to be sensitive to like yep. other experiences totally yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you talk about red flags and dating all the time let's talk about red flags with brand partnerships like are there certain things that are just like a no-go for you in terms of partnerships yeah that's a really good question I would say anything that has to do with like douching or anything bad insinuating mm. that your vagina isn't clean I've always been very oh, against. interesting yeah. okay, okay I don't like the narrative that like you have to clean your vagina because you don't oh. or self-cleans. that there's like a dirty or clean yeah. vagina it's just like hmm. it self cleans okay like that's like always been a thing yeah uh there was one thing about oh my god there was a product I saw that was like it was kind of like a tampon on a stick and it was for after someone comes that. in you. Oh my you god, I've put seen it this in your vagina. No. Yes, yes, no. yes, yes, yes. And I've seen I, this. I didn't hate the product. Like I was like, well, why wouldn't you just whatever? Yeah. Each his own. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But the name of the product was called like 
something it's awkward or something mm. and that bothered me because I'm like again you're making sex and like coming and like mm. pleasure awkward it's not right. awkward right yeah so that's like another thing that I just like don't like promoting like the negativity surrounding female empowerment and sex and okay. vaginas because we already have enough of that right exactly so I'm like that's a hard no to that or okay. like a weight loss supplement or like something like that I'm pretty like a hard okay. no um I'm trying to think of what else it's such a good question I didn't do period products until now because I just got my I, uh, IUD taken out so now I get my period so I'm like I told I was like I'm a period influencer now like but I would never promote a product that I didn't use yeah of course yeah. that's no, like and, step and, number one and I realize yeah. it happens like a lot but I could never <laughs> because also they know yeah they fucking know when I'm not using it you yeah. know what I mean yeah um, so I'm excited to be a period influencer now yeah <laughs> I love that. So add, to the, add to the IG bio <laughs> I think you also said, you said it earlier, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. It's a no. And do you bring that mentality into brand partnerships? Yeah. I think that a lot of creators are afraid to say no because then it's like, where is the next dollar coming from? So oh what's God. your mindset on that? I mean, <clears throat> oh, of course. I think being, I think it's, okay. I think it's an absolute luxury to say no. Yes. And yeah. I want to be like completely honest. Like I obviously have the privilege of like having larger following and having been in this industry for so long where I really like built a lot of trust between me and like the industry itself. Yeah. I would spend so much of the money I would get. So I saved up a lot of money because I lived at home and I like had some brand deals and save and I had a lot of savings. I've been working since I was 13. So like that's why I was able to also take the leap. I felt like I had some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, cushioning. I think also like, but, but to be fair, I would spend a lot of money from my the branded content I would make on making the content. Yeah. And so you my, would like reinvest it in yourself though. Co- no, but like completely. When I, and I would say when I like, and like, I, so I was doing confidence coaching the, during the pandemic too. Like I was finding other ways to make money. I was consulting too, because when I was given a branded video, like I was going to make it a motherfucking Super Bowl ad. Mm-hmm. And I knew, <laughs> and my parents, my managers were like, literally, what are you doing? Like you don't need like glam and like a sick outfit and like a DP and a crew. And I was like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And this is why, because the more I invest now, I'll really create a persona and a reputation for creating really high quality branded content, and then the deals will grow yeah. bigger. Yeah, it's kind of like the manager thing, like making yeah. that putting that extra twenty percent or whatever in would make the pie bigger. But it was a risk, but it worked. Um, I think like it's about quality over quantity. In terms of saying no, I mean, I pass on things all the time now. I feel like, it, but there's such an over, like, there's so many influencers. Like your branded like, content, I gotta say, it's so seamless. I don't even so realize I'm watching branded stuff. It's so fun I until I'm like, it. wait, it was hashtag ad this whole time. Yeah, which it makes me want to like it and support it even more because I was like, this is so you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key to you know we talk about algorithm and low engagement on branded content so much as a yeah. business. I think really your engagement on your branding yeah no it's better than my my engagement on my branded is better than on my not and because it's like you should do like a workshop for creators about that because I think it's so it's so hard for some creators I know I feel like it's I feel it's but it's because I want to be a filmmaker like that's like that's why it's like I'm not making I like the idea of like okay this is an ad for plan b but like how would plan b function in sfk's life or Mm -hmm. like you know like that's like and to me it's like okay let's tell a story about sfk and why she would need plan b but the plan b part we just weave it in at the like at the end or like it just it's about telling the story it's a story Mm -hmm. and then the product gets weaved into the story versus i think people start with the product yeah and then they try to create a story around it right i think that's just like you're I like switch a, it around. like an ad agency, basically. No, literally. I, and I would love to do that. I yeah. feel like that will be like my second totally. act. I love it. I love it. I love making branded content. It's like, I honestly like it more than editorial. I yeah. love it. It's so fun because it's kind of like a puzzle. It's like, 
how do we integrate this product in without it feeling like an ad? Like, I find that that's so fun. Yeah. And, like, I think a lot of, big part of it, though, is because I created this character. So it's, like, it's a fun persona that I yeah. can write for her. Okay, so you have so much going on. You're... But I want to say it here on your on your podcast. Yeah. I never said it on another one. Oh. Okay. I'm going to direct a motherfucking Super Bowl ad. <gasps> boom, you boom, heard boom. it here first. Mic drop. Well, I feel like an ad agency like Saatchi and Saatchi or like whoever should bring you in as creative with love for as like a, a cola. consultant. Yeah. 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 With love. I feel like that could totally happen for you. You heard it here first. Yeah. Okay, well, what's next? Podcast? Oh like, what What are in the pipelines? I definitely, like, I mean, I love a podcast. Like, it's so fun. I definitely want to focus more on, like, writing, directing, you know, getting a show off the ground. I just, like, signed this incredible deal with NBC Universal. Oh, yeah. We read yeah. about that. So they, like, started, like, a creator accelerator program where they essentially, like, picked 11 creators to, like, help them develop a individually like it develop a show cool and it'll take us through the green light process we'll pitch and then if it goes well then it goes on peacock and we get to make it which is crazy that is crazy but i think it's really like for you guys obviously doing this podcast and being so entrenched in like the creator world i think it's really telling that a major studio and streamer is investing this much money and time into creators absolutely there's gonna be more of it like i can imagine netflix doing this like it's yeah so you're one of 11 one of 11 right yeah what are the other creators like? They're amazing. Are they on like, TikTok? you literally follow all of them, like, I'm sure. Like, they're amazing. And I think that they, to be honest with you, it was one of the first times where I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be in a room with storytellers versus people that are more, like, I don't want to say, like, selling. You know what I mean? And I'm, yeah. I'm not saying one is more valuable than the other at all. Just different. But it's more just like, I'm like, I'm with like art. I'm sitting with artists. Yeah. Like true artists that are like writing and directing and taking their craft seriously. That to me like felt like I was like, wow, I'm in the, I'm in the right room with like my people. You know what I mean? Like talk about the game of comparison. Like I really wish I was like a fashion girl. Like, I love fashion. Like I wish I could do those amazing transitions and like really help people style and stuff. Like no, like I just, I fucking can't. Like that's not my skill set. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to be in a group with people that like, have a similar skill set as mine, but are like completely different in what like they're motivating, doing. inspiring, and yeah. yeah. And yeah, it goes, you just can't look to what other people are doing. You always just have to be ugh. zoned in. You have to put your blinders on. You have to. Can we get a preview of what your show is going to be? <laughs> of course not. It's Fab Labs. <laughs> it is? Is that a thing? I mean, if it was greenlit, sure. But it's like, yeah. I haven't even pitched it yet. Yeah. So we'll, let's, we'll I'm going to let NBC hear it first. Yeah, we'll have to have you come back on. 100%. Yeah, let's do it. I'll be in LA. Would it film here? Or no, it could be but, anywhere, you know, I guess. Wink, we'll wink. see. We, oh, yeah. <laughs> Too telling. Okay, well, we've literally been talking way over time. We close out with rapid fires. Um, best partnership you've ever done? Nike. You've done Nike campaign? Yeah. That's a hard one to get in with. It was amazing. You know why? Because they said, excuse me. We're keeping that <laughs> in. It's the Diet Coke. It's the Diet Coke. They said, it wasn't the best money-wise, I will say. I've gotten money that's from okay. That doesn't, That's okay. For fine. me, that's not best. Yeah. It was the best because they said, this is the campaign. Do whatever you want. Run with it. And, and truly, TikTok is something that brands don't understand in nope. terms of branded. And I said, there, I, the two times my TikToks have gone viral for a brand is when you didn't hear about the brand. Yep. You didn't even know it was an ad yep. until the last moment or the caption. That was it. And the, I said to brands, I said, just let me do this. And I promise, like, do you want engagement? Do you want people to actually watch yep. this or just swipe? You know? And I think that that's, like, the problem. It's, like, there's so much content on TikTok. You're flipping, flipping, flipping. So, like, if I just see, if I know within the first two seconds that it's branded, I'm just going to flip. Whereas, like, Instagram, because it's more of, like, your community and they care about you, okay, maybe they'll watch it. But, like, on TikTok, why would I? It's the For You page. So, 
love Nike. They were amazing because they just let me do whatever I want. And then the TikTok and all the content went viral. Brands take note. Just listen to the creator. They, they want their video to do well. So it's just like, I wish that there could be more of a dialogue. And I started calling brands and talking to them and working through it with them. And being I was like, just going to ask, like, you should go on like a road show to all these ad agencies and brands yeah. and like, they should pay you to do a presentation yeah, totally. for their teams. Totally. I would love to. I like, I figured it, I cracked it, you know, and they, yeah. they're pretty receptive after the fact. Um, worst partnership. <laughs> it was Dove, which like, oh, okay. okay. This is a, okay. this is like they, the Dove ads, like right. iconic. They passed on me because I had Serena fucking Kerrigan in my Instagram. Yeah. And I felt like it was just like a, you know, I was what? I think I was 23 or something. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like it was ironic because I was like, this is a, you know, my brand is about empowerment. Like the word is one of empowerment. Like now that I've worked with a lot of brands, I kind of, I get it more. But at the time I was like, I don't understand. Like you're talking about, you know, empowering female voices. Like why wouldn't you want to work with me just because fucking is my Instagram handle or bio. It wasn't even my handle. So much red tape with big corporations like that, I feel. Do you feel you've run into that before because of like the fucking part? Yeah so much it's crazy I think now like you know the conversations at the beginning are very much like this is her brand so like she's gonna say it I think at the time it was just really shocking for me because I think that when you first read it it's like jarring but once you understand that you know I'm trying to flip the word on its head and I'm trying to empower women Mm -hmm. through a name and through like just that like I feel like that's what's like frustrating Mm -hmm. like I wish people would just get it yeah I got a brief literally today. This creator has tattoos. In the brief, it's like, make sure your tattoos aren't showing. Like, you're kidding me, right? Like, that just can't be the way this works anymore. Exactly. I also think it's just like, you have to ask yourself why. Like, what is so upsetting? And I get it's different with corporate, but that's why it's so amazing. There's all these DTC brands and women-led brands that don't give a fuck. Yeah. And look how well they're doing on social media and the reach they're getting. It's authentic. It's how we talk. It's like who we are. Yeah. I don't really have a worst brand ever. I just think like, I wish, this is my little note for brands, that they just would listen more and ask more. Yeah. If you don't understand how like branded is on TikTok, like ask the creator and they'll explain it to you. Yeah. And like want to work with you on that. Yeah. Okay. Who is your favorite current person to follow or account? I love Z-Way. Oh. Wait, I don't know what... Oh my, she's amazing. She has a show on Showtime. She does she's the most in. iconic interviews. The Julia Fox one was probably yeah. like one of my. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's I've seen her on TikTok. Yeah, yeah she's loving it. Her. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. she also it's like so funny. She makes people feel uncomfortable, but it's like but in like I the perfect way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, got it. Your most effective tip for creating TikToks. Don't overthink it. Just post. Just post. It doesn't matter. No, literally no one cares. I have so many tickets. Like, <laughs> no shitty views. Like, it doesn't so matter. Good. Just go. Yeah. Just okay. Love it. Well, where can people follow you? Serena Kerrigan on everything. This was so good. Thank you. Thank you guys Thank so much you. for having so me. so much fun.